Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is concerning that there isn't uh, that groundwork in place for a deal yet, especially because now Montez Sweat has the leverage. He can get as much as he wants. It feels like from the Bears, who historically do not overpay players, that's the issue with Jalen Johnson, which I know we'll get to later. But like you said, it is essentially about having those exclusive rights to him and getting the opportunity to work a deal out. And if put, you know, at worst case scenario, if they're not able to negotiate a deal, you can use the franchise tag on him. So that's like a nice backup plan. But yeah, it's just, there are so many people when you look at this trade, so many people divided about it. You have it like I did this grades roundup. And if you look at it, there is like some giving it an A, A minus, a B, B minus, and you have F's, D's. Someone said D or anywhere from A to Z. We don't know yet because it all is dependent upon the bear signing him to an extension. Hey, everyone, and welcome into the program. Ryan O'Leary here, along with my good friend, Alyssa Barbieri. This is the Bears Wire podcast, powered by the USA Today Network. We're excited to have you with us. We hope you stick with us all season long. You could subscribe to this show. We're available wherever you get your podcast. You could leave a review for us. Tell a friend or family member if you like what you hear. That's how you could support us. And it's, um, it, again, it's just awesome to have you on board. We hope you stick around. Alyssa, how you doing this week? Um, I'm exhausted, Ryan. It's it's been a week. We're recording this on Wednesday, and we we yeah we were talking before the show too. And I'm like, oh yeah, football game happened because I feel like I don't know. I spent all like trade deadline on my mind for the last two days, and yeah, there was a football game. Um, it was not a very good one. Uh, you were lucky enough to be able to turn it off. Uh, I did not have that luxury, so it was pretty brutal. Uh. It's so disappointing, right? Because just when the Bears take one step forward, they take like five or 12 or 23 steps backwards. Um, And Matt Eberflus has yet to win back-to-back games as head coach. And I don't see that changing uh, anytime soon through the end of the season where I then expect him to be fired. So it it, it was rough. I mean, it's like, look what happens when the Bears actually play a quality opponent. Right, because you look at, you know, their two wins, the Commanders, a team that cleaned house, right? And then you have the Raiders, uh, another team that just cleaned house in terms of their head coach, uh, general manager, offensive coordinator, and they benched Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, it's just not a good look. So it was disappointing, though, especially with, you know, the defense, it felt like they had turned the corner, which I will still say that the run defense has. They are, I think it's now third in the league against the run, which is just really impressive for a unit that ranked 31st last season. Um, But outside of that, it was just brutal in the passing game and injured Justin Herbert, uh, at least on his left hand, his broken finger. He looked like he was completely healthy (laughs) against the Bears. He was just shredding uh, that defense. And Austin Eckler just did damage uh, in the passing game. It was so brutal. Yeah, guys running with the football, right? That's all I remember from (laughs) that game. It's just guys, Eckler catching the football, the tight end there. They just catch it, and they run, and they just had all kinds of green in front of them. But yeah, the Bears, they didn't get a chance to hit Justin Herbert too much in this one. It was just kind of a master class. The Chargers outclassed him. Brandon Staley outclassed Matt Eberflus. It's another reason why, Alyssa, uh, the Bears are going to have to make a coaching change again this offseason. I'm sorry for you. You're going to have to do recycle all of those articles on Bears Wire. We've talked about it. I'm okay. I'm okay with that. Just get this guy out of here, which I know we're going we're gonna to talk about him later, I'm sure, because I got some thoughts about what happened on during his Wednesday press conference. But... Yeah, I'm just ready to move on from him. <laughs> yep, and, and I think the Bears know it, it's time. It is time. Uh, so the trade deadline was super fascinating. There, I think the big storyline across the NFL, Alyssa, was that you know you don't always see this in the NFL, but really these rental players, right? These big defensive rental players, Leonard Williams, a guy on an expiring contract. The Seattle Seahawks go out and bring him in. Uh, Chase Young, another one on an expiring contract. He's been vocal about. He doesn't want to talk contract until after the season. Uh, you know, the, the commanders didn't even pick up his fifth year option. He's a free agent next year. He gets traded to the 49ers. And then there's another team that was a buyer at the deadline. It's um, 
the Chicago Bears, the Chicago, the Chicago Bears are in there with Seattle and the 49ers, two teams with real playoff aspirations, right? The Bears come in there at two and six. <laughs> they don't even know if their starting quarterback is when he's going to be available. Uh, he was actually ruled out before the trade deadline on Monday afternoon. So Justin Fields already ruled out for week nine. But the Bears are like, no, we're going to be buyers. They go and they trade for Montez Sweat. I mean, love the player. I mean, this kid could be the next Khalil Mack for the Bears, right? Like, yes, like I'm all in on the player and the talent. The problem is they gave up a second round pick, Alyssa, for a player on an expiring contract. He's another one of these rental guys. And when the trade happened immediately in my mind, and I see people freaking out all over social media about this, what are the Bears doing? Oh, this is a stupid trade. I'm like, guys, 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 there has to be a wink, wink, nod, nod thing with Ryan Poles and Montez Sweat's agent that they're getting, they have a contract extension already worked out. We're going to hear about those terms. And you were telling me right before we hit record, Alyssa, according to Dan Graziano on ESPN, the Bears, there, there's nothing like that in place. They don't have anything figured out yet in terms of a contract extension. And the Bears will, quote unquote, at least make an effort to sign him. So now I'm like, I don't know how to feel about this trade, but I got to feel like if Montez Sweat walks this offseason, this is horrible. This is horrible. You traded your second round pick. That could be a really high pick. We're looking at a situation now. Correct me if I'm wrong, Alyssa, but you're going to have two really high first round picks, but now you've traded your second rounder, so you're not picking again until the third round. There's be this big gap on draft day unless you trade the number one overall pick for someone's going to come in, get Caleb Williams, and give you like 10 different draft picks to play with. Maybe that happens. I, it, 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 it totally could. But the idea that Montez Sweat walks, goes to free agency, and then you're with all the other teams in the NFL trying to sign him anyway, and you gave up a second-round pick for that, is a little bit hard to understand. I'm hoping you can uh, make it make sense, Alyssa. What is Ryan Poles thinking here? Is it just to get exclusive rights, get him in the building, have more time to negotiate with him, and their plan is to eventually lock him up with an extension or franchise tag him? Is that the play here? Please, make it make sense. Yeah, like you, that's what I expected to happen once they traded for him. I expected them to have a deal worked out, um, which, I mean, you compared this to the Khalil Mack thing, which, you know, it's interesting because I hadn't thought about that. But you want to know what happened when they traded for Khalil Mack? Immediately, they signed him to a contract extension, which is what he wanted from the Raiders. And that that's the difference there. But like you said, when you're shelling out a premium draft pick, a second round pick, that's going to be a high pick. We know that. It's just a matter of where it falls. It could very well be, you know, when the Bears could probably will probably finish with a top five draft pick this season. So that's a very valuable second round pick. And it just feels like a repeat of last year, potentially, if it all goes wrong. You know what I mean? This is the second straight year. Ryan Poles has used a second round pick to go out and trade for a player last year. It was Chase <laughs> Claypool, as we know. That did not work out. So I'm th- I think at this point we can agree that the Montez Sweat situation is better, at least right now. Um, just in terms of he's more of a, he's a more proven player than Claypool was. His production speaks for itself. It is concerning that there isn't uh, that groundwork in place for a deal yet, especially because now Montez Sweat has the leverage. He can get as much as he wants. It feels like from the Bears, who historically do not overpay players, that's the issue with Jalen Johnson, which I know we'll get to later. But like you said, it is essentially about having those exclusive rights to him and getting the opportunity to work a deal out. And if put, you know, at worst case scenario, if they're not able to negotiate a deal, you can use the franchise tag on him. So that's like a nice backup plan. But yeah, it's just there are so many people when you look at this trade, so many people divided about it you have it like i did this grades roundup and if you look at it there is like some giving it an a a minus a b b minus and you have f's d's someone said d or anywhere from a to z we don't know yet because it all is dependent upon the bear signing him to an extension which needs to happen they should have that in place as soon as possible you know montez sweat met with the media today uh we're filming on wednesday um so he met with the media and you know he was asked about a contract right it's one of the first things and he's he's letting his uh agent kind of take care of that so but you would have to think you have to i mean that report from espn i'm just like i can't get over it ryan that the thing that it was quote will at least make an effort you better (laughs) are you kidding me (laughs) 
Are you kidding me? You shell out a premium draft pick and you'll at least make an effort. No, you're going to, you're, no, you're going to get that deal done is what you're going to do. Um, it, it's just, you don't want to believe that Bulls and let this happen, but I don't know. We've seen some of the moves that he's made, especially at the trade deadline, uh, whether it was dealing Roquan Smith um, or acquiring Chase Claypool last year. I don't want to hold all that against him because, you know, we had the DJ Moore trade and he's done some good things. But just the way it, it, it was handled, I mean, at least right now, for all we know, when this comes out on Thursday, the Bears could sign him to an extension, right? And then we're going to, it's going to be like, huh, huh, huh. Uh, that'll probably happen because that normally does <laughs> when, when we record these, Ryan. So, but yeah, at least right now, that's the thing is when you talk to people, granted, the Bears are two and six, right? They're not going anywhere. This is a move for the future because when you look at, free agency next season and the pass rushers that could be available. Yeah. Montez sweat very well could have been available, but then you don't have exclusive rights to him. And why would he want to come to Chicago? Right. So at least now you have a for sure thing next season. Cause you can always sign him to that or place the franchise tag on him. Right. And then you look at the draft class, for example, and maybe you use those first two picks for a quarterback and a receiver or a quarterback and a lineman or, or a lineman and a receiver, like whatnot. You have a lot of issues that need to be addressed. So then if you look at the second round, you know, a lot of these draft ex- experts are saying, you know, there aren't ready or really any solid options that would be available in the second round, especially that are better than Montez Sweat. So it's kind of like, this is something that does make sense for the league's worst pass rush. I think a cornerstone player that you build your defense around once you sign him to that extension. So, I mean, it's just like people are all over the place about it, but I think once they sign him to an extension. It's something that makes sense. But right now, I don't know, Ryan, maybe just because of <laughs> this, I don't know, this regime just is, I'm not getting good vibes. I'm an, I'm a little nervous until things are going to work themselves out, but at least they have a fail safe with that franchise tag. Yeah, they do. And maybe with a comp pick, right? I mean, that's worst case scenario. It depends on, I know it depends on how much you spend in free agency and then how much you lose. And I don't, I don't, I'm not smart enough to know the math on that, but maybe there's a comp pick that could factor in down the road, but you're still losing draft capital in that regard. Yeah. The only, the only way this deal makes any sense. And and I get what you're saying there with, with Ryan Poles. He does this, right? He'll look at the board and say, Hey, look, I don't like the free agent class coming out for wide receiver. So I'm going to pull the trigger on this chase Claypool trade, right? That was the kind of the thinking behind it. Now he's looking at the second round. There's not Montez sweat is a way better value than any of these picks I could make if I want to go D line in that round. So let's do it now. That totally makes sense. It doesn't make any sense though. If he's not a bear in 2024, it's just, then it makes zero sense. And you're doing basically what you did with that second round pick that you traded for Claypool and you're just letting it evaporate into the universe. So, uh, yeah, I, I just think it reminds me of the Cleo Mack situation dominant player i think he could be in here come in here be a dominant player be a fan favorite all of that cornerstone franchise type player on your defensive line all that but he's got to be here they got to get this deal done and as mike lombardi said he was one of the people that you know nfl analysts worked in some i think he worked with the patriots a little bit his son is mick lombardi who got fired by the raiders the offensive coordinator he was on twitter he was one of the ones sounding off said quote Sweat's agent has all the leverage, not 99.9% of the leverage, all the leverage, 100%. He should never answer the Bears' calls. There is nothing to say other than, quote, show me the money plus 25%. And that's what Lombardi tweeted. And a lot of people are singing the same tune. You gave up a second round pick for this player. They're going to hold that over your head and say, okay, now you have to show me that value, right? This player means that much to you. Now show me the money. And that's what it is. The Bears are going to have to open up a bag for Montez Sweat. Uh, but they have a chance to do it. They have a chance. They're going to be able to talk to him and work this thing out. Hopefully, it doesn't get to the franchise tag, Alyssa, right? We just got to wait and see. But boy, what a story. And it thickens a little bit when you bring in the Jalen Johnson stuff, right? That happened before. Now, I thought this this made sense to me. I thought the Bears would sell a piece more than rather than buy a piece. The, them buying this piece, even though we saw the rumors out there that they might be in on a Chase Young or whatever, uh, was a little surprising to me. I'm not going to lie. I, I just did not. I did not think there was fire where there was smoke. You know what I mean? But I should have. The Jalen Johnson thing, I saw coming from a mile away. That's the type of player that you sell him off. You get some draft capital back. You keep rebuilding. You keep doing that thing. This is what I thought the Bears would do after they fell at two and six. And Justin Fields is out for who knows how much longer. Uh, and then you get the the news coming out that 
Jalen Johnson and the Bears, they're, they've been discussing a contract. They're not close. He requests a trade. The team lets him go and, and talk to other teams, blah, 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 all this stuff. It just felt like Jalen Johnson was gone, right? Doesn't end up moving. I know he talked to the media just before we hit record here, Alyssa, so maybe you could tell us a little bit of what he said. But with Montez Sweat coming in, and now he's going to get a bag of money, but you're not close with Jalen Johnson, your top young corner. Like there, This could get uncomfortable quick as well, right? We want Jalen Johnson here. He's saying that he wants to be here, but now you're going to trade for Montez Sweat, bring him in, and just give him the bag, and then keep pinching pennies and trying to, and, and not being close to the number that Jalen Johnson and his people want? That could get messy quick, couldn't it? Yeah, and that's the issue, right? Is what we've seen with with Ryan Poles, he's more apt to trade these young players who have a bright future rather than re-sign them or overpay a little bit. He'd rather go out and either pay his guys that he's picking in free agency. Um, and obviously we don't have uh he's only been here a couple of years, so no extensions yet from his draft classes. And that, that's interesting, too, because I'm really glad that Jalen Johnson met uh, with the media before we we hopped on here because he was asked about that, too, in terms of, you know, Montez Sweat coming here, which he's excited to have. You know, obviously, it's going to make his job a hell of a lot easier. Um, but also, you know, he was asked about the situation and how it impacted him. And he was kind of he was kind of trying to not like he was kind of sidestepping the question a little bit. But when he was asked specifically about like whether you know he would have been more like upset if Montez what was traded and then got to sign that big extension immediately he did indicate that that would not rub him the right way so so yeah i and that's the thing too cuz we've seen that polls is you know at some point he's going to have to start paying some of these young players that are already on the roster i think that Jalen Johnson can be a cornerstone for this defense moving forward and he's having his best season so far um since he's been with the bears and i mean he hasn't always had the interception numbers but he's not always going to take the risk that he could get burned and then also teams just kind of try to stay away from him as much as possible which speaks volumes he's handled this situation i think just perfectly as a professional you know he when he was standing up there today he was asked you know are you still surprised that you're to be on this team after what happened yesterday he's like yeah definitely <laughs> for sure and you know, he did say that he does want to stay with Chicago. He wants to remain here. He's made that clear throughout the entire process. And when you kind of compare Jalen Johnson's situation to Roquan Smith's last season, I think that's a big difference, is that Roquan, the bridges were already burned, right? He was out. He was good. He did, he wanted no part of this regime. He felt disrespected, right? He held out. Um, he was demanded the trade. That was well before the season even started. With Jalen Johnson, he was always very clear. He's like, okay, I'm just going to play the season out. I'm going to go out there and prove that, it, you know, that I'm worthy of a contract extension. He wants to be paid what he's worth. He did say that he's not looking to, to change the market, right, for cornerbacks, but he does want to get paid. There was a report that came out from ESPN that did say that, you know, what the Bears were offering Jalen Johnson was was a little less, <laughs> which is not very, was a little low considering everything. So, and there was also it was brought up in the press conference how, you know, Jalen Johnson and his agent were were when they were seeking a trade, there was like this sense of a gap between what he could get on the open market from other teams versus what Ryan Poles was willing to pay. And he wasn't sure like what the difference was. Why was there such a large gap between those two things? If these teams are willing to pay me this much, why aren't you willing to even get there or get close to there? And it's because in, it's interesting because we do know that you know Jalen Johnson he's not a Ryan Poles guy he wasn't drafted by him but as a general manager you can't just be like okay yeah well we're not going to pay for you because I don't want you on this team but it does feel like because Ryan Poles is maybe it's like the amount right however much he's being offered maybe you know he's coming in on low value because maybe he doesn't feel like Jalen Johnson is going to be a part of this team moving forward which I mean it's disappointing because he's proven to be one of the better defensive players on this team. And yes, there are some young cornerbacks on this team, especially that Ryan Poles drafted, Tyreek Stevenson and Terrell Smith, who's been out uh, the fifth rounder they got this year out of Minnesota. He's been out a few weeks with an illness. So it kind of feels like maybe Ryan Poles is just trying to fill his roster with his kind of guys. And it really sucks because you do have some players who are leaders 
um, and you're some of your best defensive players like Jalen Johnson, Roquan Smith, that you're getting getting rid of. And you have to think about the message that that's sending to the rest of the locker room. And yesterday when the trade request story hit, uh, Jaquan Brisker took to Twitter and like, I mean, I think we can all presume that he, it was about the Jalen Johnson trade <laughs> of course. request. Uh, he did like this little two with his hand over his, over his head and just like, like, come on, man, like what, what's going on? And so you have to think about that as a general manager too. You're sending this message that, yeah, you can go out there and have a great season like Roquan was, like Jalen Johnson is having, and we're not going to pay you unless we want to. You know what I mean? It just doesn't send a positive message to that locker room. And it kind of goes hand in hand with the whole Matt Eberflus stuff going on too, which I know we're going to talk about later. So it's the whole thing is it's disappointing. And still Jalen Johnson made it clear he does want to stay with the Bears. But you have to pay him what he's earned. And I think that we can say he's been a top cover corner in the league. Just pay the man. No, I hear you. And it's just like, I know he's, I know Ryan Poles didn't draft Jalen Johnson, right? But the franchise did invest a, a, what was it, 50 overall in 2020? They got Jalen Johnson's second round pick. He's been a key player on the defense ever since he was drafted, Um, really since day one, right, Alyssa? He's been a good good player for them. Uh, I, I think he would have a good market outside of Chicago if he hit free agency. And it's like, I just think in NFL locker rooms, I just think when you have your guys that you've drafted and developed, even if it was a different regime that drafted the player, I don't, I don't care about that. If you have your guys that have been here and they've developed into key players and leaders on the team and you're having a tough negotiation with this player and you're kind of lowballing a little bit in their eyes and then you bring in someone from the outside like Montez Sweat and give him the bag, oh man, that's the kind of thing that drives guys out of town, right? That's the kind of thing that gets you into a Roquan situation. It is. So we'll see. We'll have to see what happens there. But that tends to happen all the time in the NFL, right? They're going to lowball their own guys, play the game, try to keep leverage over their own guys. But then these other guys coming in, they get treated differently. And, you know, it's it's got to rub guys that are already on the roster the wrong way, right? It's just it, you've got to imagine this Jalen Johnson thing, I think the best news out of this is that the bridge isn't burned yet. That's a good sign. But you, <laughs> I think, you know, it's like Wiley Coyote sitting there with the with the dynamite, <laughs> you know, by the bridge trying to get the roadrunner. Like that bridge could burn quickly. You know what I mean? It's it's one of those things and it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, and it's interesting too, because you know, we we're talking about, you know, the connection between like the whole Jalen Johnson situation and Montez Sweat. And if you're unable to sign Montez Sweat to a long-term deal, then you have to use the franchise tag on him. So maybe there's a situation where maybe Ryan Poles does want to keep Jalen Johnson in Chicago. And when they, when, cause like right now Johnson was like, you know, I don't want to talk about, I don't want to resume contract negotiations until the end of the year. So that makes sense, right? He just wants to focus on going out there, playing, hitting his individual goals, winning. Um, but like when you resume contract talks, if, you know, we're, getting to that point where you might need to use before free agency and you want to use the franchise tag on Jalen Johnson, you better make sure you have a deal in place with Montez Sweat then. So it's kind of like, well, if you get, if you don't sign Sweat, then you can't use that tag on Jalen and he's going to go and explore the market, um, which I think is best for him because he's probably, he's going to get a lot more than what the bears are offering at least right now. But if you do sign Montez Sweat, you can always, you know, use that tag on Jalen Johnson or vice versa. So it's going to be interesting because I mean, Obviously, Montez Sweat should be a cornerstone for this defensive line moving forward. He's already the best defensive lineman that they have. He has six and a half sacks this season, Ryan. That is the same number that the entire Bears defensive line has this season. Leading sacker. <laughs> he he is. He I mean, it's just ridiculous just how bad that their pass rush is again. So again, that move is a good one. But also, you need to work on retaining talent. We saw that Cole Komet, he signed a deal. It, it wasn't anything that was breaking records or setting a new market or anything. You don't have Jalen again, made that clear. He doesn't need to do that, but also don't insult him by offering him, like you said, by lowballing him on a contract offer. So, I mean, that's definitely something that we're going to be monitoring uh, during the off season should be interesting um, because the bears do have a hun- are slated to have $110 million in cap space uh, in 2024. So you can get some deals done here. So mm-hmm. uh, that'll be interesting, especially I mean, Ryan, I'm already like thinking about the offseason. There's so many storylines because if on the off chance you happen to get like that number one pick and you 
decide to move on from Justin Fields. Now you can reset with a quarterback on a rookie deal. So then you have even more money. You don't have to worry about potentially paying Justin Fields. I mean, it, there's a lot to, to monitor as we move forward here. But yeah, I mean, you, you really hope that there is a situation where they can uh, retain both Sweat and Johnson. Yep, I hear that. I like what you. I like how you put it. It's about retaining talent. It's about who you have in 2024 and beyond. You know, and you know you you're pissing off Jalen Johnson. You're bringing in Montez Sweat with all this uncertainty. It just makes you. It can't make you too comfortable as a Bears fan. But this is uh, this is the life we lead. So we'll continue to monitor. We're that. never comfortable. Yeah, that's <laughs> never com- never comfortable. Hashtag never comfortable. Bears Nation. Here we go. Um, and. Not so, not so comfortable at the quarterback position either for the Bears. There's some weird stuff going on. Let's cover that here coming up next. We're going to hit on Chris Collinsworth as well, some of his commentary during that Chargers game. But first, here's some fantasy advice for Week 9 from TheHuddle.com. I'm Corey Bonini of TheHuddle.com, here to bring you fantasy football strong plays for Week 9. Quarterback Dak Prescott, Dallas Cowboys at Philadelphia Eagles. Coming off the bye, Prescott enjoyed the best game of his season, passing for 304 yards and four touchdowns. He threw just six TDs in the prior six games. He also lit up Philly last year for 347 yards and three touchdowns. And the Eagles just allowed Sam Howell to throw for nearly 400 yards and four scores of his own. There's plenty of potential versus a Philadelphia secondary that just hasn't been the same since Jonathan Gannon left to become Arizona's head coach. Running back Royce Freeman, Los Angeles Rams at Green Bay Packers. Freeman is on the upswing here, even with Daryl Henderson seeing the majority of reps over the last two games. Each has scored once on the ground in alternating contests, but Freeman has been much more efficient, and that could work in his favor to garner more touches this week. Green Bay has been trampled by running backs on the ground, and that's where Freeman could be a sly play in fantasy. However, he is a little bit of a risky play in any format. Roll with Royce only in the moment of desperation. Wide receiver Deontay Johnson, Pittsburgh Steelers versus Tennessee Titans. Johnson caught five passes for 79 yards in his Week 7 return, and he followed it up with 85 yards on eight grabs last Sunday, both of which easily led the club. His touchdown drought has reached 21 games, but his high involvement since returning from IR gives him decent wide receiver three appeal. Tennessee has given up the fourth most PPR points per game to the position, and most of that is due to volume. Tight end Hunter Henry, New England Patriots versus Washington Commanders. Henry's wasteland of a season continues on. He has not topped 9.1 PPR points or scored since week two. And the former Charger has no more than three targets in any game in the last month of play. All of that could change since Washington has been abysmal versus the position. This matchup rates in the top eight for receptions and yardage per game, as well as ease of touchdowns in relation to catches allowed. If you need to cover a bye, the matchup is well worth the risk. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. All right, we're back. The Bears do have a football game, Alyssa, this week, week nine, um, heading to the Caesar Superdome to face the Saints. Uh, we do know that, I think I mentioned this earlier, or, or you did, one of us did, that Tyson Bajan has already been announced as the starter. He's going to make his third straight start. This time he's going to have to actually deal with a real road environment. We'll get into that. Not loving the spot for the Bears here <laughs> against the Saints in that building, but we'll get to it. What I wanted to ask you a little bit is about what's going on with Justin Fields and just the way the Bears are handling Justin Fields. Um, it's it just the way this week has played out. I was waiting for some type of big news drop. You know what I mean? Like Fields getting ruled out on Monday afternoon was a red flag to me. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What is happening here? What what's, was there a setback with the injury with the thumb? Or is he on the trade? Is he going to get traded? Like what are the I thought something was going to happen, Alyssa. Because that hasn't really followed the script of what Iberflus has been telling us over the last few weeks, right? They keep telling us he's week to week, doesn't need surgery on the thumb, not getting placed on the IR. He's been on the injury report. We've been watching him not, did not practice, did not practice, right? But he's getting ruled out later in the week. All of a sudden, we're not playing that game this week. We're just going to rule him out on Monday. We're not going to like string it out, maybe have some uncertainty for the Saints. Is it going to be Bajan? Is it going to be Fields? We're just going to rule him out Monday afternoon. That seemed a little fishy. That seemed a little fishy to me. And then you got <laughs> then we got Chris Collinsworth physically drooling all over Tyson Bajan in the broadcast booth, which I know you wrote about on Bears Wire. It was a really fun article. I mean, what is going on with the Bears and Justin Fields? It doesn't, it feels like I you know I love a good conspiracy theory, Alyssa. I just don't I think I've been too a little too busy with my two-year-old and trick-or-treat and Halloween and the trade deadline. I haven't really been able to dig into this conspiracy theory yet. I don't have anything good for you. It's still in the slow cooker. You know what I mean? It's in the crock pot. I'll let you know if something comes of it next week. I'm not there yet. 
But there's something going on between Fields and the Bears and Bajan and just some weirdness and whatever Chris Collinsworth got in the production meeting with the Bears people. Like something's a little off here because he was definitely talking up Tyson Bajan a little too much, wasn't he, during the broadcast? Oh, it it, it was brutal. Um, I, I did a post about it too because the reactions that I was seeing on Twitter too, because like I mean, my reaction at first was like, wait, what, what, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> Like the way, if you were listening to the way that Chris Collinsworth was talking about Tyson Bajant, like first off, you know, before the game even started, I enjoyed the segment on Bajant, right? Because it's a really cool story. I have to admit, we have to acknowledge that it's a really cool story that a Division two quarterback has made it to the NFL. He made he's he was making a second NFL start in that game, and it, it's just a really nice story. And that's where that should have been the narrative in itself. But then Chris Collinsworth chose to to turn it into just like it felt like a Bajant love fest and a field smear campaign at the same time. It was very uncomfortable to, to listen to. I mean, my goodness, it was already uncomfortable to watch what was happening on the field. And then I had to also listen to him. It, it, it was so insane because if you were listening to the broadcast and you are not a bears fan and you're not tuned in and you don't know what's happening with Justin Fields with the right thumb injury and you, it would have sounded like the bears had benched Justin Fields in favor of Tyson Bajant, the way that it was coming off. And there was a point that happened in this broadcast where Chris Collinsworth basically said that the Bears should make Fields, quote, study Bajant and make him study his play. <laughs> Just to hammer down your point. Okay, so you wrote about this in, the, in the, your Bears Wire article, which <laughs> folks, if you have not seen this, please go find it. It's uh, here's the headline NFL fans enraged about Justin Fields smear campaign by Chris Collinsworth on Sunday night football. So just go find that article, please. Uh, and you quote Chris Collinsworth. He says, quote, and I can't, I would do a Chris Collinsworth voice if I could, Alyssa, I'm just not going to do that. But these couple of games, however long Bajan stays the starting quarterback, they're going to have Justin Fields study this guy. <laughs> that's what Collinsworth said. So those are that's an actual quote. Like those words came out of his And they mouth. came out of someone else's mouth though in the production meeting. Unless Collinsworth is just going completely ham there and going off the rails. Like somebody said something to feed him that in the production meeting. Had to. Yeah, that's the presumption too, because you know, I, I was listening to 670 the score the day after the game, which I always do. And, you know, uh Dan Bernstein uh had some really interesting commentary too, and it kind of where, where it sounded like the Bears were kind of feeding, and, and I'm sure they were, because, I mean, they they met with the team beforehand as well before this, and it really does sound like the Bears were kind of feeding, like, this anti-Justin Fields agenda and pro-Tyson Bajan agenda, where um, it, it's interesting, because, like, Bernstein, was, Bernstein said, like, they just ignore the fact that he's hurt, and the moment that they get their chance, the moment the Bears get to national TV, they start that little backstabbing whisper campaign. And it sucks for Justin Fields. I mean... Again, like I think it's very interesting because you have to start thinking about that because the the whole situation fell off. He might be on to something here because like the way I mean the pregame again, really cool story with Bajan. I mean, no, nothing against him. I mean, again, I think the Bears have found a really solid backup quarterback here in Bajan, and I hope he's here for a while. It just it did it felt like it was like Bajan all in your face, even when they're losing. And there is this point too where. For, um, I'm sorry, where Collinsworth was just talking about like how amazing Bajant was and how he's not making mistakes and just his ball placement. And yeah. then like the ensuing the next play, he throws an interception and it was just like epic, <laughs> like the timing of it. it. It just didn't, something feels off about it. And like you said on Monday, when they ruled him out, that, that stood out to me because when you kind of look back right on um, October 15th, I believe it was, he suffers the hand injury right against um, against the Vikings, and then the next day, Eberflus um, is like, "Okay, Fields is doubtful for the Raiders, but we're encouraged. We're not placing him on IR, which would force him to miss four games." Um, then the following week, um, before the Chargers game, he used the word "doubtful" to describe him. Um, but then on October thirtieth, he was like, "Oh no, Fields is just out." That like that seems off because, like you said, unless it's like this setback. Because like the thing he keeps saying is he's improving and he's progressing. If that's truly the case, why is he already ruled out? Especially because now you're looking at the timeline of if you had placed him on IR and that's four games. So this this would be this is going to be his third game that he's missing. 
So if he doesn't come back the week after that, which, by the way, is a short week against the Carolina Panthers on Thursday Night Football. Good God. I'm sorry, everybody, in advance for that game. Um, then it's like, okay, well, then what's going on there? I don't know. It, it could be – I don't want to start some conspiracy theory and all this stuff, but I think it's safe to say that maybe when they – maybe they didn't place Fields on IR at first because they weren't sure, you know, with Beja and everything, and they wanted to have that option. I don't know. Maybe they're feeling differently now and they don't want to rush him back. I, it's weird because as we've, we've seen, Ryan, right? Like we know there's a disconnect between Justin Fields and Luke Getze. It just feels like Luke Getze for some, for whatever reason is not fitting his offense to fit Fields's skill set, which is just insane. That's your, literally your job. But then you have Tyson Bajan who he, I mean, he's going to run Luke Getze's offense and like he's best served to do that. And I, I don't know. The whole thing is just very, like you said, I was, I I was thinking that maybe he was gonna be on the trade block. I was looking for any reports. Nothing ha- nothing happened. Thank God. Because come on, if there was even one inkling of it, like Ryan Poles taking calls about it, that would be everywhere. Didn't see anything about it, so that's encouraging. Because when you kind of look at this team moving forward, quarterback is the least of their worries. Come on, the least. You have plenty of work to do on the offensive line. I mean, you need to add some receivers because outside of outside of DJ Moore, who do you have next year? Um, don't get me started on the defense. I mean, there's just plenty of positions that need to be addressed, and quarterback is not your biggest concern right now. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting, too, because we talk about, like, you know, Poles needs to retain talent, right? Let Roquan Smith go. Might let Jalen Johnson go right after at the end of the year. Justin Fields still has a year on his contract, but – if they have that number one pick or a top three pick, they could definitely go quarterback. He could reset reset the quarterback on a rookie deal and then trade fields. Who knows? It's just, I don't know. It feels very off between the timeline of like with the injury and then how the narrative seemed to transpire on Sunday Night Football. I don't know. It doesn't sit right with me. I have no idea what's going on, but it it's going to be interesting because they're on a short week next week and they play the Panthers. So I don't know if, Maybe there's a chance. The hope is maybe Fields returns to practice this week, right? Whether, especially in limited uh, fashion, which would probably be it. But I don't know yet. Just doesn't. It's not sitting right with me. This whole thing. No, it shouldn't. Why? Why rule him out on Monday afternoon when you could wait until Friday or Saturday? It doesn't make any sense unless you don't want him on IR because you're going to trade him, right? That's what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking when when he was yeah. ruled out Monday. I'm like, oh, now I know why he's not on IR. You don't. You're not going to trade a guy who's on IR. But if he's not on IR, if he's actually getting closer to playing, maybe you're just playing the game by ruling him out on Monday and you're going to trade him. So that's where my head was at. I thought something big was coming. So it didn't materialize. I don't, like you said, not seeing any reports that Fields was even being discussed or shopped or anyone was calling on him, whatever. So we're just going to have to to keep uh, to keep our eye on this story. But yeah, I mean, something fishy there. I'm not sure what it is. I'm going to keep my... Uh, Keep my crock pot going, Alyssa. I'll see if I can stir up any really good conspiracy theories for next week. You know, I'll, I'll really think about that hard. But the whole <laughs> thing with Fields getting ruled out early and the Tyson Bajant love fest by Chris Collinsworth, it's just, whew, boy, there is something there. But yeah, th- this uh, the Bears do. They, they strike you as an organization that's got all their crap together, don't they? They sure do. Another story that came out, you've been busy on Bears Wire as always. Another story that came out, there was more misconduct inside the building running backs coach david walker he was dismissed right 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 before we started right before we started recording today uh the running backs coach was dismissed a few hours beforehand so that got Eberflus and his presser not talking about the saints but talking about the culture <laughs> and, and really reiterating the fact that we have a good culture here in chicago we have a great culture the culture is not the problem yeah right <laughs> sounds again this sounds like a guy who has just no grasp on the situation and a guy that's going to be gone on the first Monday of the offseason. That's what, that's what I think, Alyssa. But the Eberflus presser talking about uh, the running backs coach getting dismissed, more misconduct inside the building, Hell's Hall. Another guy getting dismissed. Same thing happened with Alan Williams, right? Just crazy. What's going on there? Uh, that's a good question, Ryan. I have no idea. It is a bleep show up at Hallis Hall. I'm just saying, my goodness. Um, like, I mean, the, the first thing, like, Eberflu said when he came out, 
And he was like, or at one point he was like, it's not a good day for the Chicago Bears. I'm like, dude, when is it? Like, it's just been, it has not been a good season for the Bears. I mean, you know, David Walker, the running backs coach, he was uh, released because of workplace misconduct. Um, and that pretty much dominated what, what I think was about 10 or 11 minutes of Matt Eberflus's press conference. And because that's, I mean, again, it reminded me of like the Chase Claypool situation when uh, good on the Chicago media, again, for keeping with it and keeping at with those questions and trying to get some kind of honest answer from Eberflus. Because as we know, he just like, he sidesteps it all and they were trying and they, they got some things. And my goodness, they got some quotes. <laughs> it was Oh, my goodness. I mean, when you look at the entire situation, when Matt Eberflus is up there saying that the Bears have a, quote, outstanding culture, Mm. what has happened in that organization? Let's just talk about this season, right? Because let's focus on this season alone, because, like, you can look at his whole tenure and it's the same thing. Um, But let's focus on this season alone. Lies, lies, lies. That's all he. That's all he does. It's like he's saying it to himself. So you try it. Like when you when you look in the mirror and you're saying something, you're trying to believe it, but you know it's false. Like I mean, he's up there every week, multiple times doing the same thing. When he was saying that they have an outstanding culture, between what? Like this is you know Walker is now the second coach that has been fired this season. You know Alan Williams quote you know resigned but the sun times later reported that he was also dismissed because of misconduct at house hall so that is now two assistant coaches that have been fired this season your team went on a franchise worst 14 game losing streak your team went on a 10 game franchise worst home losing streak your potential franchise quarterback has been sidelined and uh, there is some conspiracy that you might not like him for whatever reason then we have the whole chase claypool drama and just a whole bunch of other stuff going on. It's been brutal. It's just been brutal. And you still have Eberflus up there just being like, oh, like, yeah, everything's fine up here. We have an outstanding. What about that screams outstanding? And when you like he was talking up, he's standing up there and he's like, but you know, you want to what we're working on getting things turned around. We're two and two over these last four games. Okay. Okay, dude, let's, let's talk about those two wins. You ready? Okay. You're, you're those two wins that are the only two of the season. They came against a commander's team who just shipped off Montez Sweat and, and Chase Young. Um, and then you have a Raiders team that just fired head coach, Josh McDaniels and their GM and their offensive coordinator. And they benched Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, like <laughs> really, those are the two wins you're going to hang your, hang your hat on. It's, I don't, I don't know, Ryan, I'm (laughs) at a loss for words. I don't know how much more of this I can take. It's frustrating. It's very Matt Nagy like, but I don't think, no, I know we didn't reach this point in the Matt Nagy era as quickly as we have with Matt Eberflus. And yes, the fact that they've lost that, you know, this team has lost a lot more under Eberflus definitely helps matters. But I just, what about that screams? outstanding culture it's just and then i'm I'm reminded we have nine more games of this i don't think there's any way in hell that you could bring back matt eberflus not yeah. i would not be surprised though if ryan poles is still in charge like because he has his own agenda i mean he might think everything's gung-ho too but like also if you were watching the broadcast on sunday night ryan <laughs> it was perfect they had this shot of uh bears president kevin warren in a suite just looking at, like miserable just like what the hell is going on then they pan to ryan poles too and then they had like a three-way box of uh poles eberflus and fields in the middle yeah i've seen the still images go on go on oh yeah it was that was <laughs> it was something else i feel like there's no way that you cannot move on from him this offseason you could even make the argument that you could move on from ryan poles i think that one's less likely at this point but again this is kevin warren you have a president who's good who i hope has the power to make these decisions we'll see because george mccaskey might you might have to get one by him but technically kevin warren is ryan poles boss so we shall see i think that there's a better chance of polls sticking around i mean my goodness ryan pace got seven years um but there's no way you can bring back matt eberflus for a third season especially too when you look at the schedule that they have left and I'm trying, I'm looking at it, Ryan, and I'm trying to find a win. Maybe the maybe the Panthers, but they've been they just won their first game and they didn't look bad. 
Um, <laughs> looking at the rest of it, maybe Arizona. But then, I don't know, Kyler Murray might be back at that point. Maybe Atlanta. I know Green Bay sucks. But still, like, they're winnable games, but it, will they win? Are there back-to-back wins on that schedule? Because Matt Eberflew still has yet to put consecutive games to consecutive wins together. It's just, but you, but you want to, it's okay though, because they have an outstanding culture there and they all love and trust each other, but they just, then they're really cool with losing all, all these games. I, I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's bad. Coaches are getting, you know, just completely fired and dismissed and players are asking for trades and yeah. No, it's oh yeah. The whole Jalen Johnson of it all too. So yeah, it's your yeah. entire organization, right? Your, yeah. your players don't feel valued by the organization. This would be the second straight year that you would that you almost traded a defensive leader. And mm-hmm. it, it's just the whole thing. Like, there's no way. There's no way that that culture inside that locker room is outstanding. Get over yourself, Eberflus. Come on, man. Yeah, it's a, that's that's a tough look, but it's what we're used to. He sits up there and spits lies at us. Um, in terms of uh, the winnable games on the schedule, I mean, you probably pointed them out. The Carolina game, the Arizona game, maybe. But it's going to be tough. I don't think they they win this week against the Saints. I think this is a tough spot. You got Tyson Bajan going back out there. One thing with Tyson Bajan, Alyssa, is he came in in a home game against the Vikings, played okay after the strip sack for a touchdown, right? He played okay after that. Played really well again at home against Vegas. They won that ball game. He managed the game well. Impressive. We talked about that last week. Then he goes to this game at LA, had some trouble, but that's not a raucous atmosphere, LA, you know what I mean? This is different. The Superdome, the Saints fans, those people are crazy out in Louisiana. They're crazy. They're nuts. They love their Saints. They're going to be loud as hell. He's not going to be able to hear a thing. Never mind on third down, first and second down either. That crowd noise, that's a new thing for him. I don't love <laughs> I don't love the idea of him going into that building uh with his lack of experience and you know, but again, you know, this goes back to that that point I made after the Vikings game. This is the bed you made when you have such an inexperienced guy as your top backup to Justin Fields. It's just this is what we're going to have to do. We're going to have to live through the growing pains of Tyson Bajant. If you're rooting for a high draft pick, I think this is going to be a good week for you as a Bears fan because I think the Bears are going to have a hard time against the Saints. They're playing a little bit better football lately. I, the Saints have scored like, what is it, 68, 62 points their last two weeks? 62 points their last two weeks. The Saints have not been great at stopping the run. I know that's what the Bears want to do, but if you... If they can get you one-dimensional, I mean, if that's all you're going to do is run the football and pat, make short passes with Tyson Bajan, I mean, so the line, Alyssa, I think it opened at seven points. I think it's now it's it's eight, eight and a half. It's climbing, and I I kind of agree with that trend. I think the Saints are going to win this game by more than a touchdown. I don't think it'll be crazy. I think you know, ten, thirteen, fourteen points, something in that in that range. What do you think? What's your leadoff thought on Saints uh, Bears as we? <laughs> wrap up a show that hasn't we haven't talked a lot of football on the show it's been a lot of all the other drama around the team but let's get to the actual football what do you think bears saints they got any shot at this game with uh, tyson bajan at quarterback yeah this saints game was when i had circled on the schedule because it's never easy to play in new orleans in the superdome and even with justin fields i was feeling a little iffy about it so now with tyson bajan making his third nfl start I think it's going to be rough because we've seen that this New Orleans offense, they've been able to put up the points over the last few weeks and they have an underrated defense. So I think I'm not feeling very confident. I mean, I don't know if they, if the bears can somehow replicate that game plan against the Raiders where the run game was able to be productive. You don't have to ask Bajan to do too much. If the defense can hold up their end of the bargain, but again, I'm not super confident in all of that. Um, I think it'll be an interesting battle, though, to watch how this Bears run defense goes against Alvin Kamara because Kamara's been really solid since he's come back, and this Bears run defense is top three. So I think that'll be something interesting to watch. Um, I think I'm with you, though. I think I would take the Saints to win by a couple of scores, maybe 10 points. I mean, it, it's rough. I was probably – I was leaning towards New Orleans before this all happened. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I hope this isn't a game that gets out of hand like the Chargers game did. Um, but, but we'll see not, not that I have a lot of faith in Matt Eberflus. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I hear that. I think, yeah, I think if you're a bears fan going into this one, what you're going to try to hang your hat on, right. Is that the bears have, uh, an above average run defense and they have an above average run game and the saints, if they've had any issues, it's probably been stopping the run, right? I think that's, that's fair. So maybe the bears can really go vanilla on offense, pound the ball, try to take advantage of that. It's just, I think at some point you're going to have to score some points. The Saints have been scoring points lately. I think it's 62 
62 points, I think we said, in the last couple games. So they've been putting up points. Derek Carr seems to be figuring it out a little bit. They can attack you in all areas of the field now with Rashid Shahid and Chris Olave down the field. So I, I just think the, the Saints are going to score some points. The Bears are going to have to open it up a little bit with Tyson Bajan. And can they can they function? Can they do that in a way with that player? I'm just not sold. You know how I feel about Tyson Bajan. I love the story, but I'm not sold on the player. And I'm not sure he should have even been the backup quarterback in the first place. But I'm not going to retract my apology quite yet from last week, Alyssa. We're just going to let that we're going to let that live. So, all right, such a crazy week for you on Bears Wire, covering the game, covering the trade deadline, covering all the other drama going on at Hallis Hall. Is there anything in the works that folks should be looking at leading up to kickoff on Bears Wire, Alyssa, as we wrap this thing up? Yeah, I mean, after these last couple of days, I just want to sleep. It has been so it's crazy, crazy. Um, yeah, I think just, you know, obviously plenty of pre-game coverage that we have are still covering uh, Ryan Poles. As we were recording this, um, he's having a press conference right now. So we're going to have plenty of coverage from that oh or some of like the lead off things that I've seen happening are um, that he does want to retain Jason. Uh, he does want to retain Jalen Johnson, uh, which is good news. We'll see. Both sides appear to be really far apart there on the contract right now. And good news. Uh, you know, the Bears are working on a contract extension for Montez Sweat, who could possibly play on Sunday, which would be huge for that Bears pass rush. So um, just plenty of coverage with that, you know, still doing trade deadline stuff um, and getting you ready for the Saints game on Sunday. So hopefully um, this isn't one of those games where I'll have all of my my story written by halftime. Uh, but, but you never know. And it, 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 I don't know, the Bears are pretty consistent uh, with this kind of thing. Every time, anytime they're playing a quality opponent, we know how the story ends. Yeah, I mean, I think the Saints, are they 4-4 four and four coming into this one? I think they are. I mean, it's the Saints are, that's a perfect record for them. I don't think they're extreme, like overly talented. I don't think they're well that, that well coached. I don't think they have like this huge advantage over anyone. But against the Bears, I think they're the better football team. You know what I mean? It just kind of comes Not down to close. that. Yeah, it comes down to that. So, uh, yeah, so Bears Wires got you covered, of course. With all the crap going on with the Bears, it's not always about just football. It's about everything on Bears Wire, right? You got coaches getting fired, all kinds of press conferences, Jalen Johnson, Montez Sweat, now Ryan Poles. We heard from Eberflus, all these pressers. Alyssa's, Alyssa and the crew are covering it all, so check that out. For Alyssa Barbieri, I'm Ryan O'Leary. We appreciate you, as always, for joining us on the pod. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope you stick around all season. Subscribe if you haven't already. Tell a friend or a family member. We appreciate it. We'll catch you next week. And as always, bear down. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.